Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsmradio.org radio.org. Now, here's our show today. The book of 1 Timothy was written during a period of decline and even degradation in the church. And interestingly, the Apostle Paul takes the opportunity to point out a clear distinction between the central focus of the New Testament and general, random Christian teachings. Yet remarkably, very few Bible readers have ever taken notice of these important verses. Listen to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. I exhorted you when I was going into Macedonia, Paul writes to Timothy, to remain in Ephesus in order that you might charge certain ones not to teach different things, nor to give heed to myths and unending genealogies which produce questionings, rather than God's economy, which is in faith. What are these different teachings that are versus God's economy? We'll explore this marvelous, broad, and critically important topic in the coming days and weeks in this new life study of First and Second Timothy. Matt Miller and I are together in the studio to bring you this first program. Uh, it's hard to overstate how critical a matter this is, isn't it, Matt? It's very hard, Chris, and we take this uh, responsibility very soberly as we touch this book. You mentioned to me the other day, and I thought I'd mention it to our listeners right now, that we probably should have started the whole life study on radio with the epistles of First and Second Timothy because it touches this matter of God's economy, and the matter of God's economy is so new to so many of our listeners. And since the life study has this theme the hallmark of Witness Lee's life study is this matter of God's economy, and that's the way this epistle starts out, and it's a very critical matter that we'll be getting more into in the days to come. You and I had a, a very wonderful opportunity just uh, this past weekend. We were up uh, together in the Seattle-Tacoma area and meeting with uh, some of our listeners and holding a, a radio seminar up there. And we touched a lot this matter of God's economy. And our listeners who have been with us, we've just finished a couple of Old Test- uh, several Old Testament books uh, 
First Kings, Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, even back to the Samuels. And the matter of God's economy was all through those life studies in terms of witnessly speaking and, and a lot of the uh, uh, development and fellowship that we had touched this matter. And people say, well, where does this come from? Where is this term found? And specifically, this is one of those places where we point people to directly, isn't it? Uh, Matt, say a little something because people may be reading their version or translation of the Bible and don't see God's economy here because it's translated different ways in different uh, renditions, isn't it? It is, Chris. And the Greek word comes from uh, the word oikonomia, uh, or a household law is the definition of that word. And I would say, you know, many different translations use it at God's dispensation. Right. And, you know, one of the people that I met at the seminar came up to me at the break. Actually, a, a lady there, she made a comment that this word of God's eternal purpose was really what attracted her to this ministry because how many people today are talking about God's eternal purpose, God's plan, God's household arrangement, God's economy. And that's what we're talking about here. Another gentleman at the seminar came up to me at the very end with appreciation, and he said, today the lights have come on for me. And I have to say, probably what he meant was the lights of God's economy were clear to him. Yeah. Well, I, I guess that summarizes the prayer we have for these coming weeks uh, in these life studies in the two Timothys. You were pointing out to me a moment ago, Matt, uh, in the recovery version of the New Testament, the, the study Bible that uh, bears Witness Lee's study notes and is published by Living Stream, 50-some pages total for the books of First and Second Timothy, Titus and Philemon, uh, but the vast majority of those pages are devoted to explanatory notes on this subject, aren't they? I think the text alone, if you just take the scripture, it would only be around 20 pages. But the actual number of pages in these three T's, 1st and 2nd Timothy and Titus, is 56 pages. Uh, Let's get ready to join Witness Lead now with this first segment from uh, the life study of 1st Timothy. And I mentioned God's economy, uh, 1st Timothy 1 verse 4. And he will link that to another verse from Paul's writings, this uh, verse from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. Paul said, Therefore, having this ministry, as we have been shown mercy, we do not lose heart. This ministry, as we will see, clearly refers to this New Testament ministry, unveiling, revealing, and conveying God's economy. Here's Witness Lee. First Timothy unveils to us God's dispensation, God's New Testament economy concerning the church. This is based upon chapter 1, verse 4, that says the different teachings rather than God's dispensation. Here, you do have such a wonderful term, God's dispensation. It's altogether right to say this dispensation is an economical administration. So it is God's economy. Now, I like to say this. Very, very few Bible readers has ever dug out that in the first chapter of First Timothy, there is such a point. God's dispensation versus differing teachings. Throughout the centuries, nearly 20 centuries, the problems among all the Christians always has been different teachings. 
versus God's revelation. And what is God's revelation? What is the main point of God's revelation? What is the focus of God's revelation? God's economy. God's dispensation. Oh, God's economy, dear saints, is just to dispense himself, the wonderful God, the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, into us, his children ones, that we may have his life and nature, that we may become his many sons and the many members of Christ, that we may manifest him in this universe. So, this is not a small point that God's dispensation is versus different teachings. Don't think Peter taught something else and uh, John taught something else and uh, Paul taught something else. They all taught Christ and the church. Anyone's so-called ministry If that is different from the Apostle Paul, that is not a ministry. That is what? A different teaching. So Paul says, we have received this ministry. Many apostles, they have only received one ministry. Matt, this is a very compelling portion. He identified that historically the problems in the church are usually all due to the fact that there are these different teachings. I think people would say, generally, as long as something is coming from the Bible, as long as it's scriptural, there's no problem. But that's not what we're hearing just now, is it? Not at all, Chris. In fact, uh, if that was the case, why did Paul say to Timothy to warn certain ones not to teach differently than God's economy? Right. And so there's a strong charge to not teach different things. Well, what does he mean by different things? Well, the Apostle Paul, as Witness Lee shared from 2 Corinthians 4.1, refers to having this ministry. And anything other than the ministry contained in the New Testament, Revelation, is a different teaching. So we have to really be careful. Are we according to this one unique revelation in the New Testament, which is God's economy? God's economy, which is to dispense himself into man that he could be expressed through man. Matt, as he was speaking, I made note of the definition he gave. We try to give a definition frequently. Let me just go ahead and read what he said. He said, God's economy, dear saints, is just to dispense himself, the wonderful God, the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit into us, his chosen ones, that we may have his life and nature, that we may become his many sons and the members of Christ, that we may manifest him in the universe. How marvelous. That's right, Chris. This is God's economy. This is God's purpose. Anything other than this is a different teaching. If you were listening as we read the verses a moment ago, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, at the end of verse 4, where it mentions God's economy, it adds this phrase at the end, which is in faith. And that's the focus that we want to come to in this next section. And I'll add to that another verse from chapter 1 of 1 Timothy that he will also mention here. And that is that the gospel of being spoken of in Timothy, the gospel that is in the context of God's economy here, is uh, 
not called the gospel of love or the gospel of forgiveness or gospel of redemption, which we treasure all of those things, but it says, according to the gospel of the glory of the blessed God with which I was entrusted. This ministry again, Matt. All right, here's Witness Lee. God's dispensation is the focus, the center of the Apostle Paul's ministry. In faith, this matter is all together by faith. I'd like to impress you more what it means by in faith. You must collect all the definitions on faith from Romans and Hebrews and then, you know, Galatians and so forth. Faith is God firstly being the word spoken to us. First, you have God, then God being the word spoken to us, then we hear the word. When we hear the word, and the word infuses us with something, and that something infused into us is just God himself. Then this faith working in us brings in to us a kind of organic union between God and us. Then, through this organic union, all the time, all the way, God is transfused and infused into our being. Then we have the divine life and divine nature, and then we all become his sons and the members of Christ and the body and the new man. This is God dispensating in faith. Then, according to the gospel of the glory. Have you ever heard this term? We heard the gospel of grace. We often say the gospel of love, right? Uh, we also say the gospel of forgiveness. I never heard such a term, the gospel of glory. This gospel not only preaches to us, a good news concerning our sins being forgiven, concerning us being justified in Christ by faith, concerning us uh, being regenerated. I tell you, this gospel of glory is the gospel of God dispensation. When God is expressed, that is glory. And this gospel of glory is the gospel of the express God. Uh, Matt, at first it seems like this uh, section we just heard covers two sort of unrelated points. God's economy, God's dispensation, which is in faith, and then the gospel being the gospel of glory. But actually these two things are very, very intricately linked, aren't they? They are, Chris. The first one, Witness Lee talked about, we come to the Word of God, we get the God speaking to us, and that initiates in an infusion that causes a faith in us. And he used the word organic union. That yes. might be new to some of our listeners. Right. I don't think we can get into that now, but I, again, I want to refer to our website at www.lsmradio.com. The dispensing we're talking about in God's economy is the really the imparting of God's element, God's essence, God's very life into our being. And that constitutes us in a new way, doesn't it? It makes us able to express and manifest God. 
That sounds kind of mysterious when you talk about an infusing of an element of God into us to express him, but he does that through the word of God, so it has a very substantial base, and the result is, like you said, God being expressed. Matt, let's uh, take a look now in the final segment. I opened up the program today referring to the fact, the historical fact, that when Paul is writing these letters, uh, the church is in a period of decline, degradation. Uh, We will see in coming programs that uh, virtually everyone in Asia, the region here to which he is writing, uh, had forsaken him and his ministry, this ministry, the ministry of the New Testament economy. And uh, so that puts Paul in a kind of a frame of mind, and that's reflected in a verse we want to close with today in chapter 1, verse 17. I really like this. Yeah, I do too. It says, Now to the king of the ages, incorruptible, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. He was clinging to something very substantial, wasn't he? He sure was. All right, here's Witness Lee with our last portion. Verse 17. Honor glory to the king of the age, to incorruptible, invisible, only God, and to the age of the ages. Let me say this. When Paul was in prison, the churches began to decline. And that kind of situation was very disappointing. Very disappointing. Many were discouraged. Even in the second book, he told some of his co-workers left him. But he has the strong faith with an absolute assurance that the very God in whom he believed and who entrusted him with this gospel glory is the king of ages. He never changes. The very God in whom Paul trusted and whom Paul served was the king of the ages. Of the ages in Greek means what? Of eternity. He never changed. That everything changed. But he remained the same. You know, I was bothered by Paul. Paul used such a word, incorruptible. God is incorruptible. Do you like this term? Everything corrupts, but not God. The church declines, but not God. The church deteriorates, but not God. The church degrades, but not God. God is what? Incorruptible. And he had another word, invisible. Have you noticed? In no other book in the whole Bible, such terms have been ascribed to God. Only in this book. Let us all read verse 17. Now to the king. Amen. To the king of the age. Amen. Incorruptible. Amen. Invisible. Amen. The only God. Amen. Be honor and glory until Boy, Matt, this is the way we'd like to end every program. Uh, it's so good in his ministry, the way he would put things into their 
context. This was not Paul just adding some sort of spiritual, uh, you know, uh, sentimental thought here when he makes this declaration in verse 17. It really has a backdrop that is worthy of note, doesn't it? Yeah, I think if many of us, Chris, we would be depressed by the situation. Paul was faced with a decline in the church. Many had left him, they'd forsaken him. And yet, in the midst of that, Paul's attitude is, let everyone change. God will never change. God is incorruptible. What a unique term. I don't think anywhere else in the entire Bible, God is called incorruptible. Right. He says that. He's incorruptible. That means everything else is full of corruption. God is incorruptible. Everything else changes, but he is unchangeable. And and corruption is something we face on a daily basis. So if we had the vision of the Apostle Paul, like in 1 Timothy chapter 1, we would also conclude with the same way. Verse 17, now to the king of the ages incorruptible, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Matt, we've, uh, I think, had a good start to this uh, life study of 1 Timothy, and we have a couple of minutes left on the clock, as I notice. You mentioned uh, at least two websites. We've mentioned the printed material. I think we dispensed a lot of information early on in the program. Uh, Often we finish with so little time that we kind of rush through uh, maybe a phone number. But let's take a minute and tell, I'm going to ask you, uh, since you work with this uh, on a daily basis, tell our listeners what our website is about and what they can find there and some of the resources that you referred to today. Well, Living Stream Ministry is a publisher, Chris, and we have a large website for Living Stream Ministry. So when you go to lsm.org, you get a large amount of information. But within that large website, we have a little section in the website, and if you, you can go directly to it by going to lsmradio.org. Yeah, a lot of you listening uh, may not have access to the Internet, so all of these materials are also available to you when you contact us. And for that, we've provided a toll-free number, which is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Or write to us. Our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And email, which uh, if you have access to email, of course, you can also access the website. But the email address is simply radio at lsm.org. Thank you for being part of the program today and getting us off to a good start. My pleasure, Chris. Glad for the opportunity to be here. And for Matt Miller, I'm Chris Wilde. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking, 
but to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening. What does it really mean to be born again? Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born anew, he cannot see the kingdom of God. John chapter 3, verse 3. To be born anew is to be born from above, from heaven. That is to be born from God who is in heaven. The kingdom of God is the reign of God. It is a divine realm to be entered into, a realm that requires the divine life. Only the divine life can realize the divine things. Hence, for one to see or to enter into the kingdom of God requires that he be regenerated with the divine life. Scripture, John 3, verse 3, and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version, published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org.